I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Interstage wearing a red backless gown with black shawl and huge diamond earrings. It's time for Must Have Seen TV, the podcast dedicated to the sitcoms of the 20th century from I Love Lucy to News Radio. I am your host, Barb Hardly, and uh, right over here is the Louis de Ma Maurice, Ethan Kay. Hi, Ethan. Hey, Barb. How's it going? Ah, well, just doing I, good. I you're doing pretty well. You're looking really cute in that uh, that two piece ensemble. Thank you. This is I'm. It's casual, Barb. Today I'm not wearing an evening gown to do a podcast. I'm just wearing. Okay, well let me. Got to show gotta off. Turn around. The entire. Oh God. Right. You have to oh, watch. Yeah. You have to watch this on YouTube, folks, because you this is watch now- it on YouTube. Ah. Okay. <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, how's it going? It's going pretty well. Um, we just got back from a trip to Maryland. This was Megan's Ooh. first Maryland, first time in Delaware. Uh, we went for a wedding. Um, What's in Delaware? Wayne's World. <laughs> no sales tax. I mean, that's it's a kind of an absence of a thing, isn't it? There's no sales tax. Uh, mm. Delaware was like we zipped through it in like twenty minutes. It's not it's not long, but like Maryland was much more involved than I I remember it being. Um, but it was a beautiful day. Uh, it was a beautiful wedding for our friends uh, Trisha and Peter. Um, and they it was neat because they instead of having like a just a dancing reception like like a lot of people do like we did, uh, they had a big trivia. Oh, table versus table trivia Interesting. game. Um, so Megan and I stayed all the way to the end. Uh, and we lost, we came in like, there's something like that, but, um, yeah, it was kind of cool. It was pretty cool. How are you? Yes. Well, um, you know, I'm uh, doing okay. Uh, I don't, I don't know what, what's what, yeah. What's going on? I don't know. Um, Good news, bad news. No, I uh, I don't even know. I don't know what is happening. My brain has just completely gotten fried, so I don't know what where we are in the world. I do know that I'm watching nothing but garbage. So what are you watching? <laughs> uh, a lot of things are kind of like running their course. So shrinking uh, wrapped up the season. Uh, Abbott Elementary wrapped up its season. Poker Face okay. wrapped up the season. I can say that I just started uh, a couple weeks ago. Started watching Deadwood. Oh, on HBO. And weirdly enough, like I've I've gotten two episodes into it, and Megan says she doesn't want to start a new series. So 
I'm watching it kind of when she's like doing things like she's out of the house or anything like that. And I'm looking at it on HBO on the HBO streaming service is a go or max HBO max. Yeah. I, I can't tell anymore. They're going to change it again. Um, and like the cut, co- like the, the color corrections all off. It, it doesn't seem that HD for being a show that came out in like 2005, 2006. Yeah. That's a, yeah, that's a cusp. Yeah, they. But they, it could have been shot on film, and therefore it would have been uh, weird. I don't know, but it's it's enjoyable so far. Um, I'm I'm there's a lot of like house kind of stuff that I've been doing like over the last yeah. weeks, and being able to kind of like sit there and watch as I put you know comic books away and and that kind of stuff. So that's been it's been fun. It's been good. Stuff. I'm sorry you you have to watch trash. Yeah, you know, comes with the job. Mm, it's a lot of trash. Um. <laughs> Hold on, I'm trying. Uh, but I did see John Wick four, which was fine. That was quite good. I enjoyed yeah. that. Have you kept up with the with the John Wick films? I've seen all of them. The first one I watched was three, and then I watched one and two, and now four. So I like <laughs> I like their commitment to showing dogs being badasses. We watched the first one. I want to say right like two years ago, and th- we we kind of like put off watching the rest of them. Until Megan's m- mom was visiting uh, a couple weeks back, and we, you know, marathon two and three, literally like a week or two before four came out. Ah, yeah, four came out, and like we were there the first the opening weekend for it uh, at the Alamo Draft House in Yonkers, which is a fantastic venue. That's uh, a chance. boon for where you live. Yeah, it's it's a little bit of a drive, um, but. Uh, some of the some of the best movie going experience you can have, and I'm yeah. I'm probably selling it short because it's you know it's it's just a wonderful wonderful place, and I'm glad that there's one in Yonkers uh, for all yeah. of us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as far as like listener uh, mail, we're still uh, you know anything y'all want to send our way, uh, please do. We do have so we have one good one, one uh, funny, but funny meaning bad, but still funny. Um, I'll start with the bad one first. So, uh, if you're going to email, email us at must have seen TV at gmail.com. I don't know where my personal email is out on the internet, but this also goes to PR and press people. I have a work email. Use that. I don't know how people are finding my personal email. Uh, it's fine. Uh, but I'm going to read this because it's great. Uh, I recently have listened to your podcast, Must Have Seen TV, and I think you all stink like human skunks. Stink is capitalized. You and you guys, etc., are a bunch of jerks and clowns, and I hate all of you. 21st century dopes. Two exclamation marks. Uh, no, no. One exclamation mark. No space. And then I... Never listen to your dopey podcast ever again. Forget you. I drop your podcast. It's great. I drink your milkshake. I drop your podcast. I appreciate the feedback. Um, 21st century dopes. 21st century dopes. I love that. And also stink like human skunks. (laughs) It's it's creative. I'll give them that. Uh, That was... (laughs) Uh, you sent that to me just the other day. I was, I was kind of like, it was, I just woken up or something like that. And you sent it to me and I'm like, this is great. Thank you so much for the feedback. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't. Um, we like talking about old sitcoms. We hope that you, you come along for the ride with us. Um, but if our smell 
makes it all the way through either the video or the audio, then please drop us. And you know, like handle in here that make it make it smell like nice in here just because I'm like to spend time in my office. I mean, I do. So like, I mean, I am sweating because I am in drag, but I also am wearing uh, I think it's called Charlie White perfume. It's, it's a, it was a famous in the 70s perfume that I, I bought it because uh, I was like, Barb should have a 70s perfume. Um, but uh, on on Twitter, Chaotic Rambler let us know uh, after the Dobie Gillis episode, uh, Zelda Gilroy was so popular that they filmed a pilot for a spinoff, but CBS execs thought she was too butch. Hmm. Which is sad, but I mean, I mean, they saw what we saw. I don't know. I mean, good for she's come on. She's gone on to be a legend. Yeah, that's it's it's politics. Kind of like one one industry's loss is another industry's gain, and mm-hmm. uh, she has advocated for a number of great causes in in California politics for years. Work Zelda Gilroy, who's <laughs> the name of the character, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> but uh but this week we'll be traveling to february 28th 1972 cabaret rolled the box office without you by nilson topped the charts and cbs aired the doris day episode gowns by louie ethan you must have seen gowns by louie before today i will fully admit that i actually have not i had not heard of the doris day show before you flagged it for this episode. But you've heard of Doris Day. Heard of Doris Day. Okay. I think she's one of those like 20th century entertainers that even if you don't know what she's done, you probably heard the name. Yeah. It's Rock like, Hudson and Doris Day, you know, they're shorthand. It's a name. Or, yeah. She's, I mean, she's, an, she's a very interesting cat. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, friends uh, with Hayden Rourke, because Hayden was in pillow talk with her. Um, yep. And also, uh, Lucky Me. Uh, he was in. He was so he did at least two movies with her. She got an Academy Award nomination for Pillow Talk, which is such a good movie. Uh, but initially, a little bit of background: she started out as a dancer, was in a car accident, so she couldn't dance, and then kind of learned how to sing uh, through uh, a a local singing coach when she was growing up. She had a fantastic career as a singer. Um, especially with um, Les Brown, who's Bob Hope's band leader. Mm. So she worked on the Bob Hope program. She released she released songs and, and albums and singles. And did, she did start getting into um, uh, acting, a lot, a lot of romantic comedies, mm-hmm. mostly romantic comedies. She did have her own radio program at one point in the 1950s. And... That she did a lot of like she did movies that you've that you've heard of by name if you haven't seen Pajama Game, Teacher's Pet, Man Who Knew Too Much, um, The Rock, like you said, Rock Hudson, Pillow Talk, um, and when I read about this show, when I was looking up some of her background, she did not want to do a television show. She had to do a television show because her. Her husband, Martin Melcher, uh-huh. father to T- Terry Melcher, the music producer. Oh, um, he, he has his own story involving Charles Manson. <laughs> uh, but um, her, it was her, Martin was her third husband. He made a lot of bad business decisions. 
pulled her into debt, pulled himself into harm. Oh, no, Doris. Their lawyer was involved. She was like, I'm kind of, uh, she's going through kind of like a career lull. And, but she's like, I'm, I'm just going to ride it out. At the time she was nearly, she was in her mid forties. Yeah. Interesting enough. She lied about her age for years, but she was actually born in 1922. So she was kind of in, in, in like enjoying her, the, the middle of her career. Things are kind of slowing down. And her husband signed her up for this TV show that she didn't want to do. She's like, I want, I'm a film actress. I don't do television. I don't want to do this. Cause there was a big divide back then. And then she died. And then he died. No. <laughs> so she, she got roped into the show that she didn't really want to do. So she could pay off the debts that her husband and her uh lawyer had embroiled her in this is the i mean this is the same story with leonard cohen if you ever know why leonard cohen toured so much at the end of his life when he was like in his 80s it was because he lost all of his money uh you know unscrupulous business practices and he's like i need to make money so when he should have been retired but so she did five seasons of this show and uh, I got to tell you, the journey that this show takes is wild. I think if you what is what fascinates me is that the Doris Day show is the exemplification exempl- exemplifies what television and what sitcoms were going through in the late 60s and early 70s, because it starts off uh as a rural sitcom where she like lives in a country house with her with her dad i think and her children it's and i've watched right yeah and i've watched most of season one and it is not i mean like it's you know it's exactly what that is just the kids getting into trouble and she's the mom and she is a writer though i do believe she's still like a writer but then like Season two, I feel like she gets a job in the city, but is commuting to it. And yeah, so it's, it's like half and half. It's kind of like the evolutionary record where you can see yeah. like the like the small changes that fish goes into like mammal. Yeah, because Mary Tyler Moore show happens in 1970. And then they're just like, oh, we got to do this. And now all of a sudden she is she does she take her i think she takes her kids to san francisco for one season and then they just disappear they disappear by season four yeah Um, so seasons one through three she's a widowed mother she she dates back and forth Mm -hmm. um she is she moves the the farm and then season four all of the cast that were in the first three seasons with like one or two exceptions of um the landlords that they have Bernie Which, Coppell, yeah, Kate. Bernie Coppell. Also, the cast of those early seasons, like Rosemary, is a series regular for like seasons two and three. I think, like in the middle, um, was the housekeeper for the first couple episodes before she went over to Green Acres. Uh, McLean Stevenson. Yep. Yeah, was like her boss. I think. Like, it's crazy. Like all these people go on or did great stuff, and for a while they all had made a hit stop at one of the iterations of the Doris Day Show. So by season four, she is single, no kids, living in San Francisco, assistant editor of her magazine, virtually no mentions of her previous life in the first three seasons. Her dog is gone. Lord knows. Not the dog. God. 
the dog's gone. God. Uh, they introduce other characters like um, Cyril Bennett who play, uh, is her boss. And um, uh, Billy DeWolf is uh, Mr. Jervis, who is her. Yeah, he crosses. He's in a couple of he crosses over. He was for, in this episode for a, a hot second. I didn't even see him. I'll, I'll, I'll point him out when we get Make- to it. Jesus. Uh, yeah. And so, yeah. And we'll talk about him when we get to so, But I mean, hey, i uh, ready to jump into this yeah. wild ride. Talk about it for five minutes and to be over. <laughs> uh, I, I got to say, there's this, a lot. I got a lot of this, thoughts. This was a good episode. This was a good episode. <laughs> and I, I think a, a lot of the strength on that comes with Doris Day being very comfortable with her co-stars, very comfortable on camera. She is quick to the the jokes are not they don't feel hacky hmm. like, you know i'm gonna here's the setup and here's the delivery yeah. she, <laughs> she delivers it fairly naturally and kind of she's it, a nat natural it works well so i thought it was so, <clears throat> this week on must have seen tv we're talking about the doris day show episode gowns by louis this is the 23rd episode of season four, and it was written by Arthur Julian and directed by William Ward. Here's how Tubi describes the episode. Doris convinces an elite Frenchman to display amateur work at a fashion show. Ethan, how accurate is that description? thousand percent. Absolutely great. It'll yeah. Never- yeah, I, I was like, when I saw that there was an episode all about 70s fashion, I was like, well, I got us. I wanted to watch it for selfish reasons because I'm like, Barb needs inspiration. And I weirdly didn't get as much inspiration as I was hoping, but there were some looks that I do want. Uh, <laughs> there, were, there was a four minute segment where it's just her, just a fashion show. Is it no just four on. minutes? And then there was a nut, like, there's a break in some action. And then another four minute oh, yeah. section yeah. where Wild. it is just no dialogue fashion just looks uh so the the episode opens with doris's boss is on the couch it is sunday doris runs in because she's been interrupted from painting furniture at her home not in the country she's painting furniture in her house by herself where her kids will not help she has no no it is only her they don't exist covered in paint including a weird little like yeah hitler mustache a green it's green paint and also, the paint is still very wet, as we find out in a second. And I'm just like, how fast did you get there that your hand is still covered in wet paint? <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, but he is worried. The boss is worried because Mr. Monsieur, Monsieur Moreau uh, is coming Moreau. in and he is a top fashion designer and they're doing a fashion show. And it isn't just like a rinky dink fashion show. It's a big deal. Fashion show is happening. It is the it is definitely something that he's hanging his hat on, because, as he says, you know, if we do this badly, advertisers will pull out mm-hmm. uh, and all be ruined. If this fashion show goes, it, it it's artificially inflating the stakes of a fashion. Yeah. Let's let's be clear here. It is not also <laughs> for a newspaper or a magazine that seems to have a staff of one because it's the boss. His secretary and then Doris Day. She's the she's the associate like the associate editor. So, so like, she's pretty she's pretty far, pretty high up there. So I do want to point out that throughout the entire series, from what I recall, Doris Day is always gets the filter. Every uh-huh. time the camera is on her, 
she is blurry she well i mean she it's the it's that like warm barbara walters filter that you do to like you know get rid of wrinkles and like soften an appearance but she's the only person that gets it and it's so noticeable to me every time the camera cuts to her it's just a completely different cinema cinematographical experience she was she was 49 when this was recorded so she was she was probably very and this is going to sound make me sound like such a pig well she was very concerned about her appearance i think this this was probably something where she really wanted to come out of the gate strong in a, an episode about fashion uh so yeah use that filter Oh, I mean, that's it's every because I watched the I've watched a lot of Doris Day show and I might not be there in season one. But as soon as she moves to San Francisco, that filter follows her or it comes out. I also wonder, though, she's gone from being a mom to like a single lady in the city. I wonder if in addition to retconning the kids out, did they retcon 15 years out as well? Like, is is she now supposed to be playing much younger? Uh question uh kids were killed by the zodiac killer oh wow what year was the zodiac popping off was that late 70s 70s this is 72 Mm. proto zodi so then comes in miss monsieur what is jacques jacques moreau play by did you play by fucking werner klimperer from hogan's heroes so uh hot i he was very handsome which i was like i never you weren't expecting that werner klimperer to be it's like because he has like the beard he has a he has i guess a wig on (laughs) but it's like not a it's like a very he looks like a balding man i don't because i don't think that werner klimperer had hair well no you watch hogan's heroes yeah and so he in in hogan's heroes and Judgment at Nuremberg, which he he was in, he plays German. Here, he's playing French. Oh, French. He's wearing a turtleneck. He's French. And I was just like, this is a hot man. And I did not expect that. <laughs> he, gets, he gets the wet paint handshake from mm-hmm. Doris, Doris Martin. I apologize. Not Doris Day. Her name is no, Doris. No, of course not. But now, this is where like he's like, oh, it's going to be a great fashion show. So many top designers. And she's like wait a second all of these designers are european where are the american designers <laughs> to which his response is like great designers are always in europe for that is where the chic women are <laughs> megan and i were, t- were talking about this because she sat down and and watched a little of the episode with me and she's like who is is who are they they sending up with this like wh- who is who is the french designer and like 19 19- 50s to 1970s French design was, you know, big names. And I'm going to yeah. butcher them. But uh, you have uh, Yves Saint Laurent. Saint Laurent. Saint Laurent. Uh, <laughs> Chris Lior, Coco Chanel. Pierre Cardon. Um, a whole bunch of names. I wrote, I did like look yeah. them up. This, it was true. Fashion, uh, there was a lot of fashion coming from France in the 1950s yeah because ralph lauren doesn't happen until like the mid 70s mid late 70s i think is when he starts popping off as a menswear person i should know this stuff more uh but also like what i love like what we think of as fashion shows now 
uh, only happened because of, oh God, like the showdown in Versailles in like the late 70s. I think it's a Halston thing. Basically, like, there was like a designers from, oh God, this is me like trying to remember this story. It's like designers from all from different countries all basically like competed with like with fashion shows see which country had the best fashion i think halston represented america and they're i think they're the ones that pioneered like playing music like <laughs> playing like popular sexy music while the models walked and also like having them walk with a purpose because if you watch any uh fashion moments and it's kind of in this too fashion shows used to just be like the woman's like wearing a gown and then she like comes out walks slowly dabbles like there's no urgency to it there's no it's not cool uh it, it's just very i mean i think initially it was like you you're parading yourself in front of buyers and stuff so they know like oh, i want xyz so i think that it used to serve more of a very utilitarian function whereas nowadays it is a show like diamond previews it used mm -hmm. to be just for retailers to buy you know comic books oh and right ones got into it <clears throat> we're looking up books and they have to sell them with fancy gags and stuff in the previews anyway jeez <laughs> <laughs> so that's why like she is mad uh oh god why does he dis uh the white why does he oh oh because so uh, i always write down notes and then i can't remember why i wrote things down but i wrote this down because he basically starts dragging doris day's doris martin's jumper like or um her uh her her painting clothes outfit she's like i just came from painting clothes what do you expect me to wear and he's like "Ooh, an eggshell jumper a navy blouse with bouffant sleeves to, yeah, to paint the European women apparently paint in yeah and so I she is one way or another because <clears throat> I know what European women were painting in in the early 1970s no he I do not know it. so Doris is super offended she does not want to cover this thing because she's like if there ain't no Americans there we shouldn't cover it and her boss um Cyril Bennett played by John Daner uh I I have no notes on him he was he was just he was one of those like guys that did a ton of TV. His his response, I actually liked it because I wrote it down, was um, mm -hmm. I'm not running this magazine as a benevolent dictator. Uh, the word is tyrant. Yeah. <laughs> you are doing this. You are doing this at this this fashion show. You are covering it. And she's and the, the, the repartee between them is quite good. Um, yeah. No, there's not a lot I can say about it other than it's just good. It's well acted. And yeah. I appreciate that about it a lot. And then we get the K Sera Sera, the theme song, whatever will be, will be. Which, so th these opening credits are themselves a fashion show. I don't know. First of all, she is so tan. Like, yeah. She's like unreal levels of tan. Her hair looks like fiber optic cables. It is yes. so. And then there's a the thing the it's her like in San Francisco and she's you know being Mary Tyler Moore in San Francisco and then at the very end of the like the last portion of the opening credits is like a fashion show montage yeah. which includes the weirdest hairstyle I have <laughs> ever seen Star Wars alien she a scorpion tail she that has like a 
but it, it goes i think it's going backwards right so it looks normal from the front but then when she turns it looks like she's one of those dinosaurs with like the crest yeah because it, it, it's very like cindy lou also her default hairstyle and she wears this a couple times in the episode is like kind of like a beehive like a, a little top you know mound of hair but then the little curly cues on the side Mm -hmm. at, and like at the same time it just looks weird it looks very cindy lou who it doesn't it it's very it's a very strange hair who is a good is a good analog to this yeah it, it is a wig parade it is a celebration God. it is bigotry fashion and just it she it, the only thing that stays constant is her face her hair changes her dresses changes it's a paper doll she's situation. a paper doll yeah so the episode starts and she's going into Louis's dry cleaning and alteration shop. Louis Salkowitz, played by Joseph Mel, who, again, one of those TV guys, did one or two episodes of shows here and there, never played the same character. Um, his big his big credit on IMDb was I was a teenage werewolf. Oh, that's she fun. Was Mystery Science Theater. But so like her gown shop is all like he is making gowns like i mean it's a it's a dry cleaning place yeah. where she goes to get alterations but she goes there and she's like there to like isn't she there to pick up a we it's not it's not weird she says it's a it looks like a coat it looks like a trench coat but it's a dress it's like a coat dress yeah it's um it's, it's thick fabric yeah and but louis is designing gowns and he's like i designed a gown for a funeral you know one that says i'm grief stricken but i'd like a little action <laughs> he's he's got this little this little side business with he's got a full staff he's got three other guys oh they love it uh it is pointed out that louis is russian uh not french but he is mm. russian and his uh compatriots at the dry cleaning business are all italian yeah uh but he doesn't want any publicity he doesn't is, want any it's important that they mention where they're from because they are obviously he is obviously not French. Yes. And despite, you know, Italy being the fashion capital it is now, it wasn't France in 1970s. Yeah. That's that's the, the effect that I got, that these Russian-Italian men have no business in the fashion world, according to, well, according to the mindset of Werner Klemperer. Yes. Maurice Lamarche. And he's happy as he is. You're Jacques. right. Jacques Moreau. Jacques uh, so they would like back at the office. Oh no, this is where do they show up next? They said the office. And so I wrote down like her boss is now wearing an outfit that I could recreate right now, um, except for the hat. He's basically dressed up like a gay, a gay on safari. <laughs> He's wearing <laughs> like an ascot and a in a safari jacket. Doris Day is wearing this wild white hat that has like some tool around it. There's a lot of looks going on. Uh, the the look of the room, the entire offices are wood paneled and not in like thin basement wood paneling that you get in like the 70s or 80s. This was thick, shellacked. Yeah. Across <laughs> every surface of this office was this thick, light, golden. You can tell that you like this thing could take a bullet. <laughs> uh, and the room is going yellow. He's wearing this this cream colored safari suit because it's like a, that's what that's what like with the riding crop. 
yeah he's <laughs> you don't see it much in the first scenes but as in the later scenes because he, he doesn't take it off for the, re- the next couple days oh yeah yeah <laughs> but like when maurice uh compliments doris's outfit and he's like oh i like that dress and she's like oh look my my like louis basically I'm she says my designer louis made it and he was louis oh he's french because yeah i guess he's thinking l-o-u-i-s but pronounced louis louis is the <laughs> is, is acceptable to yes Jean-Paul. and now this gives doris an idea yes yep uh, she she goes wait uh they get to where they're they move <laughs> to where they're prepping they're prepping wait, the fashion where, where does he go back she goes back and like tells him her 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 uh her plan right well, because is that the, after what has to happen first is one of the designers has to drop out oh right yeah designers. so so they're on location where in the next day they're going to be hosting this fashion show and they're they're just kind of looking at everything and saying, oh, this is so interesting. And someone, an assistant, runs over to Jacques Moreau and says, oh, no, somebody cannot make it because they can't get their line together in time. Oh, he'll be struck from the program immediately, which uh, honestly, like, if you're printing those programs, that's nuts because you got to print Yeah, that's expensive. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> or come on. It, it's and she's like take a Sharpie and just cross out their name. Yeah, the part of this designer will be designed by. Yes. But then she uh, is like. Real quick, because I want to say that he has to throw in a dig at the French. He says the French are slow. Uh, They take three hours for lunch. They're spending all their time shaking hands and hugging. Honestly, (laughs) think about how much much time they can save if they kiss only once on the cheek instead of so many a times. Yeah. <laughs> it is the French's problem that they are that they are slow. And then when it, when she goes back to the dry cleaning place, she's like runs this idea by all of them, and they're like, "No, I love the Italian." Is like the reason that he cannot do this is, but this afternoon we're all going to play bocce. Yeah, I, I can't do this because a I don't want to, and b all my guys are playing bocce. Hey, you know, typical oh. fashion stuff, you know. But then she like really starts hammering home like there are no american designers and it basically i wrote down she's turning it into world war three but then she says you guys are like my olympic sewing team and i was like okay i guess that's a little bit more accurate than world war three louis really good in this play uh um, yeah louis uh joseph mel is really a, a fun character he's 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 a character that enjoys all the stuff that he does yeah always being with his his boys and he just does it for himself and his friends. And his, also, and his... good representation for a heterosexual in fashion. We assume. We assume. He does but not I mean, seem like. No. Does not say he's he's with anyone. But so uh, then Doris goes back to her boss, who is wearing the safari jacket still. No. And then she, but like she starts like weirdly, basically insinuating like that he's wearing a woman's jacket like it's like she makes like two jokes that are just like very like oh that jacket's for women or like and she's she's, why can't you get your own designer to to make you a jacket for the fashion show because he's he asks if he can get one from from louis and she's like no and she goes why can't you get one of your designers because fashion editors have their own designers Mm -hmm. 
magazine editors. And he says, well, I can't because the, the postage rates from Hong Kong just went up. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, I don't know. I was just like, back off, Doris. I don't understand how that's a feminine jacket. It's a safari jacket. I don't know. Whatever. She leaves. Um, and he wants to find out Louis's address so he can send someone around to pick up the gowns. For some reason, this this magazine is very, very enmeshed with this fashion show. <laughs> like, they're providing for, logistics. They for are, a magazine that is not about fashion. I know. It's kind of like this fashion show will make or break our San Francisco magazine. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yeah. Which is <laughs> so weird. So when, when they're like, when he asked the secretary, like, where did, where did Doris go? Like, what is the address for her designer? And she's like, oh, I know where that is. It's at this corner and this corner. Uh, Louis dry cleaning and alterations. What? He is so like, what? Dry cleaning and all like, oh yeah, he's so, oh, he's going to get embarrassed. In his full safari getup. He heads down to Louis's dry cleaning and alterations, where Doris is talking with Louis. Yeah, uh, she has convinced him to to put the gowns together. I will say, like when the scene starts, he is holding, and I'm going to point out every gown that I want. This amazing pink gown with like a tool bottom, and then it's like a rhinestone covered top with like a tool bow in the front. And I was like, "That's great. Why don't we see that in the runway?" That's just that's just gravy, baby. Mm-hmm. Because like everything you saw in the fashion show is in the fashion show, and the, there's st- you know that there's stuff. There's still more looks everywhere under that iceberg. There is so many <laughs> looks that Louis never broke out. So Cyril shows up. Doris hides, um, and this is where we get. Is this uh, where he's like he can't? He's not even French. He but he doesn't even eat French dressing. Like they're really hammering on the fact that this Louis guy ain't. French, and and in this scene, when you there's a customer that walks in to pick up some dry cleaning, and that's Billy DeWolf. Oh, okay. Yeah, Billy DeWolf was a regular in this series. He ends up being um, Doris's landlord in season five. Um, what like, what do you you were excited about to talk about Billy? DeWolf. Oh yeah, because he's you know he's a. Classic TV gay. Uh, I, I still want to know more about him. And he kind of, you know, was running in the same circles as Charles Nelson Rowling and Paul Lind. But I think everyone knows him uh, as being the uh, Professor Hinckley from Reagan Bass 
Frosty the Snowman animated holiday special. Uh, that is messy, messy, messy. Yeah, that guy. And uh, I, I love, I love him. what I mean. That's that's his big thing. Um, Professor Hinkle. I'm looking at his 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 uh, career. He was in Free to Be You and Me. Uh, he died uh, in like the 70s, I think. Yeah. But he I'm like I'm looking at everything. It wasn't a big career. He was he, he had a lot of those um ni- early like 1940s churn them churn through them like one hour and a half long uh movies yeah. that remembers and aren't available on DVD. I need to uh, I need to do some more investigating on him because you know it's a gay icon wait in the in the waiting. And you know I love those. Yeah, but he was in he was in the Doris Day show uh for 12 episodes but that's he, i think what he's very he, he's very linked to that yeah he's really good in the there's a christmas episode where he's essentially a scrooge and like they have to like warm his heart and it's really good and i like that one um <laughs> no, so suddenly louie and the boys are all into this they're like yeah we'll do it yeah like we'll give up bocce <laughs> we're the sewing team we're the olympic sewing team for this and he's on board and i love when they ne- when they show up to the fashion show the next day louis outfit is it's it, it is a purple turtleneck red pants a beret and like a trench coat yeah. but they they tell everyone oh he just lost his voice he's sick so that they know louis cannot pass off a french accent so they're like we'll just circumvent that completely and- she she does say talk with your hands and move your arms around a lot. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and then well, at some point he also like kisses uh Cyril, is that his name? The boss on the cheek twice. Because he sees uh Jacques Moreau do it. Because when, when Jacques Moreau comes in, he's like, Oh Louis. Mm, so yeah. And a lot of French. And Louis just and just nods and everything, but it, he Jamaro gives him the kisses. So when Cyril, the boss, walks in, he gr- he reaches out and grabs him and he kisses him as well. It's it's very elusive. It's very lovely. And then at the end of the act, uh, the boss is like, "Did you have to kiss me?" And and then Louis says, "The the brain makes me do crazy things." <sighs> but um bum. And now everybody, can I talk real is... quick about the the oh, laugh, yeah. laugh track? Yeah. <laughs> There's a laugh track on this. It is it is not filmed live. And I was really I noticed it a lot of times because there were lines that I laughed at that didn't get the canned laughter. Mm. And there were some mild lines that I was just like, oh, they're they're making that kind of the centerpiece of of the of the scene. It was a big big laugh line, but it wasn't as good as some of the ones some of the, the quick little gags. That could have gotten much more laughs. They could have doubled the amount of canned laughter on this, and it would have made sense. Um, it is a funny episode. It, it, I guess, you know, humor changes. Humor changes. They were writing for a future audience and the current audience. Yeah. But you, I, I interrupted your intro. I apologize. Oh, now it's time for Fashion Show, baby. Um, so what is wild to me is that the episode is titled... Got, titled Gowns by Louie, which is, I don't know, like a reference or a throwback to back in the, I don't know, 30s and 40s and whatnot, like movies would have gowns by credits. So that's mm-hmm. kind of uh, going back to that. But 
who actually made all these clothes? I don't fucking know. So Connie, Connie Edney was the women's costumer. So in theory, she might have gone shopping at, they do say wardrobe furnished by Joseph Magden, which was a high end specialty department store founded in San Francisco that went bankrupt in 1984. So I'm assuming that Connie Edney went to the department store, Joseph Magden and bought these looks. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Uh, So that's the credit where credit is. I hope, I hope that's due. Uh, <laughs> so the first one, I'm really glad it starts off with the secretary, like reading the description, which I, which you should do. But I was like, thank God that we didn't get that for every look. Because also, <laughs> this is once again, how much of this magazine has infiltrated this fashion show. Yeah. They have the, the boss's secretary is also the announcer. It's like, what chaos is going on backstage where it's like, oh my God, like our announcer's gone. Like what? <laughs> Virus X is taking out everybody. Killed by the Zodiac killer. Oh God. <laughs> Getting his practice in. So the first look is a red backless gown with a black shawl and huge diamond earrings um, and a weird updo that has like a weird like jeweled thing stuck in it. Uh, it's, it, it's an okay look. It Either, was, what is your take on the look? I was, I was, it was an interesting one to start with because the well, shawl itself <laughs> seemed a little, um, or more around the house, but the gown yeah. would go out kind of thing. There's a couple of these where it's like a gown with a shawl thrown on it. That's like, that's doesn't, that's ruining the look. And I'm wondering if that was like the, um, their take on, in fashion it's like oh it's avant-garde like if that was them you know like this season we put blankets on everything um <laughs> uh so the next look was a like my fair lady yeah like costume high old woman chic high collar parasol black and white yeah it was audrey hepburn and my fair lady yeah there was also just like so much clapping, like the audience as edited and shown on screen was just like living for every single look, which, by the way, is modeled by Doris Day. Which I feel like this is the most impractical fashion show ever, because between every single look is what, 20 minutes while she gets her hair and her hair redone <laughs> and hair redone, Mul- like multiple outfits. She is the, the makeup stayed the same. So that's yes. that, that was standard. She is also being shot again through the filter. She's oh, yeah. very tan. Her hair is as 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 light as yours, Barb's. Oh it, yes, it is. I don't know. It's it's kind of got this like Californian beach girl vibes. That's yeah, which makes sense for her. Uh, the third look is a fur leopard coat with a yellow turtleneck, uh, and they do make they do note in the end credits. The fur coat is synthetic. Oh, that's good. Because I am actually shocked that they that we cared about that in the 70s. I thought it would be like, you know, remember Tiger was murdered. At- D- Doris Day was a big proponent of animal rights. Right. Near the end of her life. So I think this was probably something that she had some say in. It looks like Dalmatian. She looks like Cruella DeVille. Yes. Yeah. It is. It, it's either Snow Leopard or it is Dalmatian. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the theoretical synthetic animal that this came from. It is. 
So next is a, uh, I wrote down, it's an okay black dress, but it has like a rhinestone. It looks like a rhinestone collar, but it's actually a necklace. And another like Afghan, like blanket crochet shawl over it, uh, which sure, I guess. <laughs> Do it any favors. Uh, look number five is this uh, pink, it's a pink gown with an umpire waist with a lace top and also red shoes and a, uh, is it also a red coat? Red shoes and coat, I wrote down. I shouldn't think it's screen grabs of these. God. Mm. But like, so at this point, I want to uh, do my Heidi Klum, uh, Zach Posen, Nina Garcia, and just be like, what is the story? What is the through line? There is Where's no the cohesion? Like, just one thing it says is that Louis can design anything. Anything. He has, he has no, no style that is his. He has no themes that run through any of this. It is what we found at the department store. Yeah, I wonder if it this was like Joseph Magnet's like, we're going to give you a bunch of gowns. Please yeah. show them off. I don't know. It's very... Full fit Doris Day. Yeah. So the sixth look <laughs> is a black... Is there, and we're not even halfway, I think. Uh, there's a It's a black gown with a white winter coat. And I wrote, it is what it is. <laughs> I'm playing. Um, oh, but then the next one starts off. It is a bucket hat with a butter. It's a butterfly bucket hat and like a weird coat dress. It's paisley print, but it has like a black and red trim around all of it, which I would. That's a barb look. Because it's stupid. (laughs) Now, let's set the stage real quick, is that we've been watching a very engaging episode of Doris Day for about 15 minutes, about 16 minutes so far. And suddenly, the lights go down. This this music that sounds like 70s Bollywood. Yeah. uh, We've got the horn. And an electric guitar just doing solos, not like wailing guitar solos like Bachman Turner Overdrive or anything, but like, yeah. And we literally four minutes straight of no dialogue, no one singing, no one announcing the dresses. Just just Doris Day. <laughs> and now there's still two more looks before, I think at least two before we get to the interstitial. Uh, the next oh, one God, is, I'm just like, how long is it going to go? Is a, it's a green and white, like, gingham pattern dress that was really fucking up the camera. Like, the, it was that, it was tessellating or it was like making the camera just like, didn't know what, but she's also wearing like a red belt, red boots, red hat and purse. Like, it just lots of really wild color choices here uh then so now she's wearing another purple hat a lavender shirt a purple jacket and then these like dusty gray purple fringe gloves like there was fringe hanging off of the gloves love that and that is the ninth look uh and now that is where we go backstage after nine looks and (laughs) Four plus minutes. It's like listening to a drum solo. Oh, but I loved every. See, this is where the gay and the straight, because I'm like, yeah, 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 give me. I love it. This is what I'm here for. Give me more looks. I'm surprised she didn't bust out the scorpion hair. Well, I was trying <laughs> to find like an angle to it. I was trying to find something cohesive that I could say about it. And the only thing I can come up with was 
there is no one talking in this sitcom and it is just music playing and and for how long can this go on so now we're back and there's a phone call they asked for louis salkowitz and this is where i guess they find out uh oh he ain't french and of course, right. Cyril has been talking uh, French to Jacques Moreau the entire time, trying to not not he's not trying to pass his French. The the editor is just trying to get on board the the bandwagon by talking French. Yeah, and he he starts doing it, and then Jacques like stop it with your terrible French. So they go <laughs> and they, they kind of hammer into Louis a little bit, um, and now Doris is back there, and she's. Wearing a different outfit that isn't an outfit that we see on the stage. Like, she's changed clothes again. She's back there. I wrote down, Doris is a mother. Where are her kids? Because <laughs> she's just spending all of her time. It's like they're back at the house. No, there are no kids. They wanted her <laughs> yeah. to be a sane, single, like, San Francisco person in the early 1970s. And no kids. No time for kids because you know we got another four minutes of looks. When look number ten, it's a navy cowboy like pilgrim hat with a turtleneck with poofy bell sleeves, and then like a patchwork like maxi skirt. Uh, that's look number ten, and then eleven. We got a yellow boa baby, and <laughs> and uh, it's got like a yellow lace and rhinestone top again with the umpire waist. Uh, that's the only thing that is kind of a unification is there's a lot of like high under the under the boob waist yeah. uh i would wear that look um and then there's the next one look number 12 is like a big fedora and then a huge collar and then it's just a black dress but it's very pilgrimy again i think this is the dress that later she wants to buy and then they don't show this one nearly long enough uh the huge flower oh yeah that's the one i was going to ask if 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 you had a comment on her wearing this it it looks like gardening clothes but like styled gardening clothes i mean there's a huge there's a flower on the front like um i think right under her breasts like it's as big as her head like it's just this huge flower good <laughs> i thought she was carrying like a basket of flowers this but they look. only show it for a hot second because we got to get to this yellow dress with a white stripe and a hat. The stripe is kind of like it like demarcates. Uh, it's like a T-shape. Uh, that is look number this is 13. That's look number 14. Number 15 is a oh, yeah, this one was great. It's another big hat. Lots of hats. Hats are very in. And then it's a, like a white maxi dress. But then there's a belt that is fruit. <laughs> and is she holding a basket yeah she's like carrying a basket oh, she's carrying a basket of, of of flowers how many looks in total were there i want to do some so math. that's 15 uh okay and that was the last one there are 15 looks oh there was a 16th so when so after after they show all 15 looks they then do a montage of like the greatest hits of the last eight minutes <laughs> I was like, here's a, here's you know, yellow hat again. Here's a big flower. Here's, but in that there is a multicolored like flowy kind of gown that I was like, oh, I loved it. I would wear that. Uh, but it wasn't in the show proper, so it was like a lost look. Sixteen. I just did the math on this. 
And if they're if they're allowing 20 minutes per uh, outfit change, these people would have been sitting through five and a half hours of a single designer, <laughs> a single uh, model fashion show <laughs> and just loving every minute of it rapturous applause when she's done they they stand up and applaud are they a, or are they maybe maybe we were only seeing the one look that doris day was modeling at that night's fashion event and so what we saw was a 16 night oh fashion event so it's normal length fashion shows but you got to come to all 16 nights in order to see every look. Now that makes more sense because a 16 night fashion show could make or break a magazine. You would be more invested in that. Mm-hmm. It'd be a big deal. One night. She, and, and Louis was not the only designer. Like if, no, because there were so many French. Yeah. And, and if one designer dropped out, you'd probably cancel the entire show. Yeah. So, but there were obviously other designers. So this is the the fashion show death march. This just goes on for <laughs> just everyone at the end just <laughs> emaciated, like, make it stop. Um so then it's over. So they probably got drink service. Yeah. It's a success because Jacques and Louis are now going into business, and it's a story, baby. Taylor from the wrong side of the tracks turns fashion world upside down. It's that's very classicist, but whatever. Yeah, because like, I wouldn't say him wrong side of the tracks. He just had an alternate. He's a, he's a business owner. Yeah. He's In doing, San Francisco. He's doing well enough. He can employ three people just to make his dresses on the side. You find me a dry cleaner that has a staff of four. Mm hmm. Like, I don't think so. Never. I, I, they, I'm sure they exist. I have not seen one. So now she's like, oh, she wants the pilgrim dress. And she's like, oh, I see it's $125. Which did you look up the inflation? Uh, I'm going to have to. Because I did. Oh, what so, was it? $125 in 1972. She was like, oh, I want this dress. It's only $900. <laughs> wow. <laughs> like the fact that she said that so offhand, like, oh, I went, oh, it's only $900. I'll take that. And then uh, Jacques is like, no, 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 no. It is now $450, which is him saying, no, it is now $3,200, Which honestly, I mean, these are fashion prices. I do. Uh, yeah, that, that makes yeah, sense. I was, I was thinking it, more like $3,200. Okay. Like for, it's the nine hundred dollars for the dress that he made in the in the dry cleaning place that I'm like his initial price. Like no, I feel like one hundred twenty five dollars is probably what if if you found a <laughs> uh, a dry cleaning owner man who also just like designing gowns on the side, baby. I feel like he this theoretical man would probably charge one hundred twenty five dollars today. Yeah, or like a gown that he whipped up, and he's and he's already she's already said that she has an entire closet of designs by Louis. Yeah, so but that's spending nine hundred dollars. Well, yeah, her her former, <laughs> her former husband was Martin Melcher, the mm-hmm. uh, who made a lot of bad financial decisions, and then she's her like, son. I need these kids out. They're eating me out of house and dress. I need closet <laughs> space. Get them out. Call the Zodiac killer. (laughs) 
So then uh, Doris's response is, as well, we created the French Frankenstein. And Louis, uh, they all laugh and Louis winks at her, which makes me think that he's going to he's going to keep making dresses for her on the side. Maybe not this particular one. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> Are you ready for some must have facts? I'm glad you looked them up. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, so this was number 23 for the season. Which was tied with the Carol Burnett show, which is while I think this is Carol Burnett is going to its star right is on the rise. Yeah. Um, so the top five shows of this week were number five was the FBI. Number four was Sanford and Son. Three was Mary Tyler Moore. Two was the Flip Wilson show. A drag artist. Republicans. God, Jesus Christ. Uh, number one was all in the family. So you can see why they were like pushing Doris towards you got to be a single lady in the city with a job, yeah, <laughs> preferably <you're>... in journalism. <laughs> you're competing against Mary Tyler Moore. Now, here's a question for you, and I don't know if it's even available. Have you done Sanford and Son? On the, yes. On the... No, I haven't done it, but it is available. Okay. Uh, I think it is. I think it's recently came up. We're going to have to wait another, you know, six shows to do it because mm. it's in the 70s. But uh, I do love Sanford and Son. I've never seen it. If it wasn't on Nick at Night, I didn't get to get get to it because it didn't. Beautiful. I think it was a TV Land show. Um, The CBS Monday lineup, which is also wild because Doris Day and Mary Tyler Moore both aired on CBS, so they were like, "Can you be more like this other show that we have?" Well, that's a thing that still happens. You you do see shows, copycat shows coming out. Well, that's like when Friends was a hit and the next season is like, here's the single guy, Caroline, the city. Here, yeah, loved it. Uh, American coupling. Yeah. Oh, God. I remember that. The CBS Monday lineup was uh, Gunsmoke, followed by Here's Lucy, The Doris Day Show, and then Sonny and Cher. Mm. And so, you know, that's a night of television. Night of television. Gunsmoke. Kinda- Gunsmoke was mentioned uh last episode we were yeah, doing yeah she's never gonna end um yeah i mean that's kind of a good spot for doris day between here's lucy and sunny and share that's a nice little slice know. of 70s because he had you know um lucy was the like 1950s television mm-hmm. day was 60s movies 60s movies and then and then sunny and share were, baby we're a 70s yeah, yeah. Uh, so what are you watching? I wish I had better descriptions for these, but the newspaper I looked up didn't have. Uh, so on ABC, a movie called Blue Max 2, which is a World War One drama oh. from, I think, 1968, is on. Uh, on CBS, it's Doris Day, Werner Klimperer guest, really banking on that guest star. And then on NBC... <laughs> the on NBC was the cockeyed cowboys of Calico County. The description is town in danger of losing its only blacksmith. <laughs> and that's a movie. Now I have to look it up. Calico uh, County. It is a so, movie starring Dan Blocker. Um, Dan Blocker, Jim Backus, Nanette no, a Wally Cox. Jack okay. Stubby K, Mickey Rooney, Noah Beery Jr. So it's 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 a it's a it's a good cast of 
Iron Eyed Iron Eyes Cody. Mm, oh yeah. Italian man who pretended to be a Native American. Um The Doris Day aired opposite both ABC and NBC were like Monday is our movie nights. We're not trifling yeah. with programming. So I mean I would probably be watching Doris Day just because it is an original television program. I'd probably be watching the cockeyed cowboys of Calico County. <laughs> um because you say, hate it when towns lose bell blacksmiths. You are very pro blacksmith. Excuse me. This has uh, Mickey Rooney and Dan Blocker Hoss from Little House from Bonanza uh, from <laughs> um, in a Western comedy with Jim Backus and Jack Elam. Come on. I love Jack. Yeah. doesn't like Jack Elam. What a lineup. Uh, yeah. And then. On IMDb, only 16 people rated this a 6.1. Would you go higher or lower? Or is that right on the money? Maybe a 6.0 for all the oh, good, you go low. good parts. Like, I thought it was very funny. I thought it was well acted. I thought it was well written. I thought the premise was actually really good. I just, you know, you're sitting down. It is eight minutes of a 22-minute show. Of just gowns. Gowns by Which I'm on board for. I mean, I might go 6.2 then. So we average out to 6.1. <laughs> because, I mean, I, yeah, I was bated breath with waiting to see what that next look was going to be. Oh, man. If you wanted gowns, if you wanted to turn on your TV and watch some gowns. Yeah. You got eight minutes straight of gowns. No dialogue. Nothing, nothing, you know, no plot's going to be interrupting. No one's, you know, running into the, the show and yelling, fire! Stop! Like, yeah. <laughs> this man's a Russian! Like, yeah, it's 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 straight, unedited. Gowns, yeah. Which, I mean, so, like, as a drag queen, I was really hoping to get a lot of inspiration, but there were only, like, maybe three gowns that I'm going to maybe try to find replicas of. Have you considered getting an Afghan shawl? Oh, God. I did not like that. <laughs> it just looked like, oh, I'm burr, it's cold. Like, it just didn't look like it went. It didn't look like it, I didn't know the story. I grew uh, up in a house that, from a very early age, had multiple Afghans. Oh, yeah, we had all those. So, And I, I believe my parents still have the Afghans. So I do associate them very highly with the 70s because, uh, hell, I was born in 1980 my parents yeah. them from the 70s. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, who had the musty performance? Um, I'm going to go with um, not Billy DeWolf. I know it's going to be crazy. No. I think that that uh, Joseph Mall played Louis Salkowitz really had a great performance because you sympathize with his approach that he didn't want to make a big deal out of the thing that he did as mm -hmm. a hobby. He was proud of it, but he he wasn't. Um, there was no hubris. Yeah, it's something I like doing. I like salt to of the earth, and uh, the performance was good. Uh, a little self deprecating here and there, which was kind, which yeah. is kind. Of, I liked him, especially because he had to be silent for you know maybe his biggest scene. Yeah, uh, I'm going to give it to Warner Klimper because I just straight up did not recognize him. Like he truly disappeared into the role. I mean, maybe because he wasn't dressed like a Nazi. So if that's what I'm used to seeing, <laughs> he was and he was great too. There's yeah. I, I, no fault, no flaws in his performance. He was a joy to watch. And must other people see this episode? Uh, that's that's one that I struggled with all day <laughs> because I'm like, 
some people might be like, shit, what were people wearing in the 1970s? What was fashion back then? And you want to get like, it's it's like the Rosetta Stone. It's Yeah, here you go. It's of 16 fashions. But it really does feel like we do not have the budget for this 23rd episode. We just got to like, what's something easy we can do? Go buy 16 dresses and we'll just cycle through. Like, uh, so yeah, I don't think you don't need to see. There's other better episodes of the Doris Day show. I think the it's Christmas time in the city, which I think is the season four Christmas episode is very good. Um, and the season five Christmas episode involves Charles Nelson Riley playing, uh, a, a, a kind of a really, uh, a, a, a criminal. Uh, he holds, I think, Doris hostage. Uh, on Christmas, um, and there's like a flying UFO something. It looks like a toy. Oh, okay. It's a I, weird. I tell you that I that I think I saw a UFO. I saw a UFO. It's something I couldn't identify. Well, there, yeah. The other day, a UAP. I was, I was looking out the window. It was definitely a uh, UAP. I'm looking at the wi- at the the Hudson from my window because our big picture window looks out over the Hudson, and I see what looks like. A silver sphere. No, what? Over the water. Now it's I you see boats all the time on the river. And this was about the, the length of a boat. But it was moving much faster than like faster than any boat that I've ever seen go across the water. Because we see a good amount But of, it wasn't in the water. It wasn't in the water. There was no wake, especially the speed it was going, there was no wake. And at one point it it lifted it it um it moved up and it moved down, so it it was like it was like it was flying, because um, a boat when a boat can't make those moves quickly, uh. and it was it just moved really quick. It looked like it was it was flying over the water, um, about the size of a boat, small boat, um, moving much faster than any boat that I've ever seen. So I don't know. It was it was unidentified. Uh, it could have been. You need incredible. to. You need to like get on next door or something. See who else saw it, man. Like, oh my god, I'm afraid of getting on next door. Well, no, don't. Just just for this one specific thing. One specific just for UFOs. Did anyone else see a silver sphere about the size of a boat flying over the Hudson? I don't know. It was the. It was. It was something that I had never seen before, and it was not a boat, and it was not a plane. In either case, it was not a boat and it was not a plane, and I don't know what it was. It was it a been. drone? It was fast for a drone, maybe like a military drone. I don't know. Oh God! Oh yeah, remember how the military was like, "Hey, UFOs are real," and then like the world yeah. is so horrible that we're like, "Oh yeah, we don't have time for this right now." Sorry. <laughs> you should have told us twenty years ago we would have time to dedicate to this. Right now, the Former president was just indicted as going to be <laughs> and Disney uh, outmaneuvered Ron DeSantis on the same day. What? A, like, oh my God. It was, yeah, that we're was living wild. horrible times, wild times. Uh, uh, but yeah, thank you so much for talking about the Doris Day show. Uh, where can people find you on the internet if they want to tell you about their uh, UAP songs? <laughs> Jesus. You can always find me at Instagram at Ethan K55. Um, I picked 55 because five is my lucky number and I figured someone else might already have five. So <laughs> I, I made it 55. <laughs> what? And people can you? find me. People Art. can find me 
on Instagram at, at Barba Hardly. Uh, also on YouTube, Barba Hardly, uh, where I'm trying to do a lot more uh, video stuff over there. And what uh, you can also, you know, follow mm, mm, uh, another guy named Brett White on Twitter and Instagram at, at Brett White. Why not? Uh, but but him at, his, at his at his home email address, please. Yes, please, Jesus. Uh, but do write and re- leave reviews on iTunes or subscribe on YouTube or comment on YouTube or email mustavecntv at gmail dot com because uh, if you do, we'll read it on the air, or we and- won't if you don't want us to. And we are still waiting for someone to tell us the good episode of Family Affair that we can I don't. Yeah, a good one. Don't even have to be funny at this point. Just tell us one that that is enjoyable. Is the good episode of Family Affair in the room with us now? Oh. Okay. Never mind. (laughs) Oh, and I mean, that's about, I think, everything. Uh, Thanks, everybody, for hanging out and uh, talking about fashion (laughs) is fashion. Bye, buddy. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.